Hi, I'm Mary, and welcome to From the Heart. Orlando is widely known for its tourist spots and attractions, but many people don't know about its thriving arts community. We are excited to introduce to you talented and passionate artists who shape our arts community. How do they create and why? And how can Orlando benefit from an even greater arts presence? On each episode, we'll introduce guests to you who are influential leaders and artists who are truly making a difference from the heart. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to From the Heart. As I just said, this is Mary, as you might have noticed, son's Joshua Vickery, who's out saving the world through art. That's what we believe art can do. And then when he's not here, I say that's what he's doing. He and most likely is Mary. He has a cape. <laughs> yeah. He, yes. A big cape. A big cape. <laughs> it is. It says art, am I? Yeah. Or I am art. Uh, the voice you're hearing now is Gabriel Pricer, who is one of our guests today. I am so happy you're here. Always happy to be here, Mary. Thanks for having me. Yes. You're representing Opera Orlando. And I remember the first time you were on one of the first things you said, Opera Orlando, not Orlando Opera, because we believe opera comes first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. And I always remember that because I thought, that's so cool. One of my more uh, my cheesier attack lines, yes. Yeah, I, well, let's hear another one. <laughs> well, I don't think we have time for that. <laughs> oh, uh, okay, that'll be in the book. Yeah, right. Well, welcome today. I'm so Thank excited you. that you're here. Normally, we take a little time at the top of the show to talk about uh, what we've done in the past week uh, through the arts. Um, for me, mostly it has been um, rehearsing. I'm rehearsing with... With Joshua of the Central Florida Community Arts, I'm going to be in his choir. I'm an alto. Oh. Yes, yes. What are you guys rehearsing for? For their spring concert. Nice. Mm -hmm. Very nice. And soon I'll be rehearsing You'll be rehearsing with us before you know it. Yes, yes. But you'll tell me more about that because you know more than I. (laughs) Gabriel, tell our listeners just what an exciting life you have. Oh, my goodness. You're too much. Well, this last weekend, Opera Lando was... Uh, delighted to present an opera at the Cheyenne Saloon. We did Puccini's The Girl of the Golden West, which is set in a saloon, so what better place to do it than at the old Cheyenne Saloon, which isn't used as much. I know. It's you know, pretty much for private events here and there, right? Yeah, but when I was a kid, that used to be like the place to go it to. Was. Church Street Station yeah. was, was a go-to destination. And that was like the hot spot. Garth Brooks played there, yeah, all yeah. sorts of uh, um, billboard you know, leading artists. So we had a fun time, had food and drinks included. Uh, we m- had act one at Cheyenne Saloon, and then we moved and did act two at the Ceviche Ballroom. So it's kind of like progressive yes, dinner so everyone meets followed opera. you, progressive opera and dinner. Yeah, exactly. Wow. One that- of the patrons says, like a pub crawl. A pub you crawl. Know, like, great. Hey, anything we can do to make oh, opera a little a more pop-ra. friendly. A like, pop, a pup-ra. Yeah, pup Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll work it out. Quite. We'll work on that one. <laughs> but anything to make opera a little more accessible. Nice. You know? yeah. So what was the reaction? Overall, very positive nice. and very grateful. Matt Palm did a wonderful yes, review I saw for that. Congratulations. us. Um, we had people that came down from Philadelphia, Virginia. Wow. They're just like, wow, this is really, really something, really something unique. Um, so we'll have to do more of them. We try and do one site specific production each year. Last year we did Barbara Seville at yes. Casa Felice. So yes. we'll see what we come up with for next year. Oh, wow. <laughs> How interesting. If Listeners, if you have any ideas, make sure you send them on to Gabe. There you go. You never know. There you go. Yeah, it's you know, at the police you, station. We're behind bars. Right. Pirates of Penzance at the police station. There that you would go. Totally work. You could totally do that. <laughs> and the extras are already built in. Right. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> that is the nice thing about site specific, though. You don't have to pay for the set. The set is right there. Right. There you go. All right. So you brought two special guests with us today. Uh, yeah. Tell us why they are such shining stars in your world. So we have a wonderful. Uh, group of studio artists Mm -hmm. this year at Opera Orlando. Our studio artist program is still young. We're still kind of getting that going. Tell us what you mean by studio artists. So um, 
our studio artists cover main stage roles mm -hmm. and covers and the opera term of being an understudy. You know, maybe understudy is more known um, from music theater and from the theater world. Uh, they also perform roles on the main stage. You know, uh, again, <laughs> using all these opera terms, compromario roles. That mm -hmm. means like secondary roles um, or even major roles if it, if it fits. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're, they're younger singers that have finished their college education. Uh, they're, they're trying to get their feet wet in the professional world. So we try and give them opportunities. They also serve us greatly because they do a, a lot of outreach concerts for retirement communities and also in the schools, which is just so important mm -hmm. nowadays to have opera in the schools. So I think we have our best crop of studio artists this year ever. And I'm joined by Sean Stork, our Hi baritone. Hi, Sean. And Adriana Nieves, our soprano. Adriana. From, from the pretty program. name, Adriana. Thank you. Oh, wonderful. So how did you know, how long did it take before you knew you would be accepted to do this? What was the process like? Yes, yeah, so we held auditions uh, last May. And we, we try and get back to them uh, pretty pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and and then we let them know what their opportunities will be throughout the year as far as main stage opportunities, what shows we'd like for them mm -hmm. to be involved in. Um, and then also let them know that we'll have these other concerts, outreach events. And then stuff comes up as well at the, you know, special events pop up. Like Adriana just did a special event last weekend at a, at a donor's home. Um, so those things pop wow. up as well. And we try and use our studio artists and give them as many opportunities as possible. Adriana, what did you do at the home? So... It was a really cool event. Um, we got to do um, selections from Les Mis, um, and Matt Umbers, the host of this party, had his whole, um, it was like, it's like an artist studio, and it was like completely decorated with like a barricade of chairs. Wow. Um, and uh, so we got to do a lot of musical theater. Um, we sort of took the audience on a ride through the location, um, through different countries. Um, we presented selections from like popular opera arias um, from Italy and Spain and France. Um, and then at the end, we of course had to pay homage to Matt's um, home country. And we did like this really awesome Bohemian Rhapsody for oh everyone and everyone joined in. It was really cool. That must have been wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the audience obviously was pumped for Bohemian Rhapsody. You know, they all start to sing along, which, wow. is, which is exciting. Wow. Did yeah. someone there record it for their own use for, for them or for you? It's probably out there on the interwebs mm -hmm. somewhere and I'm hoping I don't run into it. No. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure you no, could be I'm proud teasing. of anything was, your name is on. It was very fun. That's it was wonderful, very fun. Adriana. Yeah. And actually, Sean splits time. He just finished doing Carmen over at Opera Tampa. Wow. So that's the nice thing, too. There's so many opera companies close by, and uh, we, we do try and work around their, the singer's schedule mm -hmm. so they can do other gigs. And uh, Sean, tell us a little bit about how that went over in Tampa. Oh, yeah. Car Carmen was fantastic. Uh, so my character was uh, Dan Cairo, which is the, uh, he's the head smuggler. <laughs> so he's actually in charge of Carmen and the rest of the smugglers. And so it was really great. Because at you know when you when you drive into Tampa, you see Carmen's face on the billboards. Wow. Opera Tampa presents Carmen, and her face is on the billboards. And then I get on stage and I get to push her around and tell her what to do. <laughs> you become and, very popular. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it was definitely the largest production that I've ever done. We had three sold out performances wow. um, at the Strass Center, and it was uh, it was just a really wonderful experience. And and all of the artists, all the singers were really fantastic singers as well as fantastic people. So it was really easy to just kind of ease into that role. 
where we're all friends. And um, it, it was, it, uh, especially Carmen, because uh, she came down from uh, Toronto. Wow. And uh, she was just a marvelous singer. And the first thing I do when I get there for the very first staging rehearsal is the director tells me, okay, what you're going to do is you're going to sit down, you're going to smack her leg and knock her out of the way. And I was like, this is Carmen. <laughs> and it, and, but she was like, no, it's fine, do whatever. You know, she was, she was super friendly. And the whole cast was very, very friendly and really, really very talented. So it was a great experience. I was really happy I got That's to do wonderful. it. That's wonderful. It's always sad when it's over, isn't it? Closing yeah, night. but you know, you get to look forward to the, the next thing coming down the road. Yes. And you don't have a lot of time to mourn the past show going because you got the next show coming up. Well, that's wonderful. Learn the next music, learn that, the next oh, role. Man, yeah. That's, yeah. that's <laughs> throw, shows a thriving career, mm-hmm. which is wonderful to have that next thing there for you. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, by the way, I haven't had a chance to tell you that I learned when reading about you, Gabe, Uh-oh. that you have won a Grammy Award. What? Yeah. Did you? I, I'm telling well, you the first time. I already had two Grammys. My, my mom and the. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> I'm, really? I only read about one? No, I'm so excited for you for the Boston Modern Orchestra Project's Fantastic Mr. Fox, written, written in 1998. Oh, my goodness. Like, <laughs> well, that's thank you. you. Mary. I, went, I know. I wasn't never... expecting that. Uh, we recorded it back in 2014, and for whatever reason, it took a while for them to finally. Uh, release it, publish it, whatever you want to say. And um, I mean, anytime you get to record in the opera industry, you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, because we, we don't typically record. Yeah. We're on stage. It's uh-huh. live. It's a live art form. So, I mean, I was just excited to have the opportunity to be in a recording studio. M- never did I ever imagine I'd be nominated for a Grammy and then actually win. And win. It's That's surreal. So, so yeah. how did you find out that you won? So I was on a gig at the day of the Grammys, so I couldn't go, unfortunately, to the ceremony. Um, and I was backstage waiting to make my entrance. I did take my phone with me, which I know you're not supposed to do. Because <laughs> you knew you were up uh, to the no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was trying to keep track of, you know, looking on Google search. And and I went on for my entrance. And I came back. And by the time I came back, I was getting all these text messages, Facebook messages. You won. Oh, my gosh. And I was I just. And that's how you learn. And I couldn't, like, yell or anything. So I'm in the wings. <laughs> so I, like, whispered to Danny Belcher, who you guys might know, oh, who yeah, was in Daniel. the cast. Yeah. I whispered mm-hmm. to Danny, who had also won a Grammy for a recording. He did wow. a few years back. I said, I, I won. And he's like, oh, my gosh. You know, we're, like, whispering <laughs> to each other. Oh, that must have so, been wonderful. Congratulations. Was, yeah. So Thank where you. where do you keep it at your home? Well, they're supposed to mail it to me. But you still. haven't gotten it yet, so we'll see if that actually oh, happens. I hope it wasn't lost in the mail. <laughs> no, right, 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 right. Um, I I don't know where I'm going to keep Isn't it. Isn't that wonderful? Well, you have can to I start sleep making with it. Pl- Is that weird? I think that's acceptable. Okay. Oh, it's acceptable. Uh, yes, okay. Good. Yes. I, I think good. everyone probably has to have one night not letting it out of their sight. <laughs> that's wonderful. Congratulations. Thank you. I screamed Seriously. when I read that. I'm like, no way! Yeah. Yeah. I know this person. This is great. So I. All right. We're, and we have about two minutes left to. Um, this segment, and then we'll come back. When we come back, I'm going to ask that each of us, um, or each of you, tell us a little bit about what led to a career in opera in your life. Ooh, good question. How did it start? How did music get into your life? Was it parents, teachers, influence on radio? What did you hear? What made you go, (gasps) and and then never go back? So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Listeners, we're so happy that you're here today as we talk to Opera Orlando about the beauty of opera here on From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt, and we'll be right back in a few moments.
Welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt, sitting in for myself <laughs> without Joshua Vickery. I just thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, Joshua, we miss you today because we've got a great group here. We've got Gabriel Pricer representing Opera Orlando, and he's here today with Adriana Nieves. Yes, I got it right? Nieves. Oh, no, Nieves. Course, and she just told me that. <laughs> Adriana Nieves. That's a pretty name. Thank you. And Sean Stork. Thank you. All right, so... It's a pretty name, too, right? It is. It is, and we know how you got here. <laughs> so we're going to talk a lot, a little bit right now about uh, how you got to be where you are in your work. Yeah. So, Adriana, yeah. how did opera become significant in your world? How did music start out? How old were you? So I must have been about four years old when I got all of my allowance money together and I um, purchased my first CD. How old? Four. <laughs> That's a good allowance. <laughs> <laughs> I got one dollar every Saturday. And wow. I don't think I had enough, but like my dad made me think I had enough. <laughs> That's, and what um, was your first CD? It was Amor Prohibido by Selena Quintana. Wait a minute. Who at age four gets, what did you call it? Amor Prohibido. I mean, it was like Selena. Like she was like the pop star of my, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. my heart and oh, soul. I thought it was perhaps an opera star. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no um, but in about, I think... Yeah, the fifth grade, um, my choir teacher like pulled me out or our music teacher like pulled me out because we had to like sing the national anthem and she added me to the school's choir. And so that's kind of where I started singing um, in schools. And um, I think I was like 14 when I started voice lessons um, with Priscilla Bagley. And she had a big influence on you. She did. She kind of like that summer, I had no idea like what opera was or anything. Mm -hmm. And she told me to come to this singing camp. That's how she phrased it. Mm -hmm. um, and it turned out to be like uh, like an opera camp. Um, what was your reaction to that? I had no idea what any <laughs> of it was. I was just like, this is really big sounds and you want me to make them too. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but it was that was my first sort of. Um, exposure to opera and it was like this whole magical world that I'd never seen before never really did you fall in love with before. it right away oh no I was terrified <laughs> so this big sound thing that you spoke of when did you realize that you had that in you uh that summer yeah was there a moment that you recall where you had a a revelation like oh I can do that um I think it was just when other People that were there sort of looked at me and were like, why are you, like, how are you doing that? I don't wow. know. Was <laughs> so you discovered a talent there, mm -hmm. a gift. Yeah. Wow. Well, cool. when you are at the end of a concert or a recital or singing and you've just given everything you could at that moment and feel good about it, express how that feels to you. It sort of feels like this... I don't know how else to describe it other than like a like a, a sense of magic mm. of having been able to create this moment in time where you give a part of yourself in such a way that you are able to I don't know like form communion I guess with no, everyone else community in the room. because yeah, everyone community. there is also mm -hmm. there with you Correct. every moment of you making that sound that beautiful music everyone's receiving it I just felt that as you said it. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Oh. How about for yourself? I didn't even ask you that. When you're singing and you hit that note 
and you just feel the community of the audience, the connection, and you're just engaged in the sound and in the meaning of what you're doing. Describe how that feels. For me, it's a lot of a like an out-of-body experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of get it towards the end of a performance, not at the very end when everybody's clapping and cheering or whatever. If they are clapping and cheering, I hope they are. But um, <laughs> usually it's towards the end when I can kind of feel like the, the performance is coming to a close. And I kind of get this lifted feeling where I can kind of, it's, it's strange. I, I watch myself, I'm on stage, I'm performing, and I can, you know, I, I'm just caught up in the mix of it. And so Sean, when you're in the middle of singing, you're just in the singing, but sometimes you are able to step back and look at what is happening. Yeah, like, like Adriana said, it's yeah. a very mus- a, a magical kind of experience because it's, you know, I don't get that doing anything else. I used to work at Starbucks and I was never making a cup of coffee where I could see myself making a cup of coffee and say, wow, this is the greatest cup of coffee I've ever But made. there are but, some baristas that do when but, it's their and thing. I think every person has something like <laughs> yeah, that yeah. in their life. And I, I think that so. tells me why I should be singing opera yeah. instead of making coffee at Starbucks. Yes, exactly. You too, Gabriel? Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I think there are different moments in the performance because mm-hmm. you, you have some of those like, oh crap moments. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, do, did I learn my music? Do I know what I'm doing <laughs> at this moment? Or the soprano just, she went that way, but she was supposed to go this way. So you have some moments where you're totally in your head. Mm-hmm. You have those other moments where everything is just going perfect and you can just focus on making the music and connecting with the audience mm-hmm. like you're talking. You feel that that sense of communion or community and mm-hmm. that it really is a magical thing. Mm-hmm. And, and that is the goal as a performer. And then, you know, there obviously is the very end when you know, like when we did All Was Calm, which I know you came to mm-hmm. see. It was beautiful. And at the end of the show, it's it's silence because the audience is right there with you in that moment. So, you know, a lot of it is we're trying to give to the audience, mm-hmm. right? And that's exciting. But then when you feel that they're with you as well and they give back to you, oh, it's such, uh, it's delicious. Mm-hmm. It's a delicious feeling. I just got emotional hearing that because mm-hmm. I think every performing artist out there listening right now knows what that is, that that moment when you realize you're connected and this wouldn't be sounding like this if you weren't there and they wouldn't be smiling or as connected to a moment if we weren't there. And that it's not just one way, but yes, it's, it's two a two-way way street. Okay. And, and you're just riding the surf of the energy that you've both cre- created right. for that one time in time and space. It's pretty cool. So that's the goal, you know, mm. to create those moments where we can connect with the audience and all this calm was more on the serious side, mm-hmm. but coming up, Daughter of the Regiment, our next main stage production is completely opposite. You know, uh, comedy, slapstick, uh, has some music theater elements, it has dialogue. Wow. An opera with dialogue. Who'd have, who'd have guessed? Yes. So we'll be doing the dialogue in English, even though the opera's in French, La Fille de Regiment. Uh-huh. Um, and I hear we have two people here who will be in the show. That's what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> so Sean plays the, the crucial role of Hortensius. Tell Very us important. a little bit about Hortensius, Sean. Well, you know, he is kind of, he's the servant. He's the dutiful servant. Um, and uh, I got to tell you, uh, he, he mostly just brings people into the room and, and announces people. But uh, he's... Is it fun? But he's, he's very fun. Yeah. He's very funny. He's got this really funny uh, gag that kind of goes through all the dialogue. I was about to say, you have a really... Yeah. yeah. T- you can tell him about it. Well, okay. Well, he, uh, he, uh, well, he's introduced to this large spectrum of soldiers, and he is not... The regiment. The regiment. He's, yeah. not, he's not a military man at all. 
because he works, you know, in the home. He's, he's almost a valet. Sure. You know, and so he, uh, so these soldiers come into the room and he has to, he has to introduce them. And so he, <laughs> so he says, uh, Captain, you know, when he introduces, he says, hello, Captain. And then the captain corrects him and says, Sergeant. And then he says, no, 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 I'm a civilian. Because he thinks that the captain oh, oh, is calling, calling him, him a sergeant. sergeant. And so it's kind of a recurring joke that goes That's through. Funny. It's very GNS. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, very Gilbert and Sullivan yeah. before <laughs> Gilbert and Sullivan. Wow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. wow. That's fun. It seems like you're enjoying it, too. Oh, yeah. So far, I love it. Yeah. 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 And, of course, Mary Thompson Hunt yes. will be pay- playing the crucial role of Duchess of Krakenthorpe. What a name. Duchess of Krakenthorpe. <laughs> Tell us about Krakenthorpe. I, <laughs> <laughs> I I have no idea. You know, uh, supposedly this piece is based in history, but I'm pretty sure they made that part up. It's a fun name. Yeah, it is a fun name. And, you know, in, is traditionally you'll have um, a retired opera singer come back and do this. Cam- it is traditionally a cameo or walk-on wow. role. Wow. To, so we're excited that you... Mary will be our local celebrity. I am honored to I walk am. on and deliver those lines. I yeah. am honored. I I will deliver them with no pressure. With no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, it's in English, though. Luckily, yes. it's a, yeah. Very You're welcome. Yes, You're welcome. yes, and <laughs> and you should be grateful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're very excited about that. Nice. That opens uh, March 27th. So we're just now starting music rehearsals and okay. stage rehearsals all next month. It's at the uh, Pew Theater. Mm-hmm. You know, the smaller sure. venue there which has been great for us, very intimate. And, of course, next season they're opening Steinmetz Hall. So we'll be moving into the bigger hall. And you won't be alone there, will you? No, the ballet and the the Phil as well. And the Philharmonic, the three of you. Yeah. That's going to be a beautiful place to enter each day with all these uber-talented people. (laughs) My gosh. Yeah, well, it's a gorgeous venue to begin with Mm -hmm. and uh, to have a real acoustic space Mm -hmm. so we can appreciate the art form as it's to be intended, as it's to be appreciated. Aren't you proud of our City Beautiful that... We're making it more beautiful with the Steinmetz Hall. I mean, a place just for the opera and the ballet and the orchestra. It's been a long way coming. Yeah. Yes. So it's amazing to see. Yeah, exciting. Um, well, I want to tell you, thank you very much. I'm honored and I can't wait. It's going to be <laughs> a hoot just to even be sitting backstage watching all of you and hearing your voices going, how do they do that? Will this be your <laughs> operatic debut? Oh, yes. Well, that's a big deal. That goes on your resume. How many people get to be in an opera except yeah. opera singers? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised. Yes. Supers. Well, I would do improv in, in, in the style of opera, but that's nowhere like what you really do. There are a couple other walk-on roles like Frosh and Flater yes. Mouse, right. and that's very much an improv role. They just let the – it's usually like a comedian that Yay. they'll get to go on there. So you, you, you don't know. We might get you back on there. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm very excited to be here. Uh, let's see. What else shall we let our, our listeners know about Opera Orlando that would surprise them? And how can they uh, get involved even more? Well, some people might not know that we also perform at the French Festival, the uh, Orlando French Festival, yes. one of the largest in, in coming the, up soon. Yeah, in the country. Um, and last season, we actually won um, Critics' Choice for Best Musical. Wow! The French Festival, and I, I had to laugh at Matt Palm, and I said, "There's no category for opera." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, we were very flattered. And there's in a all lot honesty. of competition in a that. A lot of yeah. competition in the musical category, but yeah, they actually. They don't have a category for opera. That's fine. That's all right, though. What will you be uh, producing there this year? So this year we're doing a, a brand new work. It was just written called Death of Ivan Illich. Some of you might say, well, that's familiar. It's based on the Tolstoy yeah. novel, um, which the novel itself is very powerful, um, kind of introspective look at 
life and 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 a man Ivan facing his own mortality and you know then having this look back on all the mistakes or the good times that he made is through he his life. Is he an old life. man as the play begins or does he have an illness? Well, old for that time period. Mm-hmm. I, I guess he was only 45. Yeah, and Sean, Sean is here. Old. So Sean plays mm-hmm. Ivan Illich. Oh, wow. um, Hello, Ivan. Hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and it will be in English. It will be in English, even though it's based on the, the Russian novel, of course. Uh, we're, par- we're partnering with Alterity Orchestra. Their chamber group uh, will be playing for us, which is would be Alterity nice. Is Alterity out of Orlando? Yeah, they're... Uh, they're part. They're kind of a sister company with Timaqua oh, Arts nice. Foundation. Oh, yes, yes, I have heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Adriana plays Ivan's wife in the Lovely. show as well. So. Pascolia. 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 I love these names. Isn't that a great name? Yeah. yeah. I was going to have them sing an excerpt, but it's brand new. Why not? So. <laughs> yeah, I would love to hear you yet. sing anything. Yeah. Maybe yeah. on the intro to our last segment, we'll come in with some singing if that just happens to happen. We might be able to talk them into that. (laughs) We'll think of something. (laughs) Row, row your boats or something (laughs) like that. Oh, then in three parts, there's three of you here. I hear Adriana knows Bohemian Rhapsody. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We should totally do that. I'm hearing all the listeners going, we hope we get to hear some music. (laughs) (laughs) And this hasn't even recorded yet. But that will be in May. Death of Ivan Ilch will be in May. Go to the French... Right. A website for right. more information. OrlandoFringe.org. We also have our youth company putting on a production in nice. May. What are they putting on? They're doing The Very Last Green Thing, which well, is, is about that? The Very Last Green Thing. Oh, happy <laughs> happy story. Well, <laughs> it, no, it's, it's an important piece. Yeah. You know, it allows us to talk about environmentalism, mm-hmm. conservationism with the kids. And it is a youth production, so mm-hmm. it's all kids in the production. Set in the future, these kids go on a field trip and they find a time capsule as a plant and none of the kids know what it is. So they're oh, scrolling wow. their electronic devices, <laughs> trying to figure out what it is. Um, and then they realize, oh, gosh, you know, the earth was destroyed and we could have saved it. Um, so it's, it's a, a poignant piece. We're yeah. actually doing it at the Lake Yola Amphitheater, which would be nice to be outside enjoying the greenery. And when will it be there? May 2nd and 3rd, okay. Saturday and Sunday. And again, people can go to your website. OperaOrlando.org. OperaOrlando.org. Or don't forget, opera comes first. And where are we? Orlando. Opera Orlando. And it's an organization. There you go. Piece of cake. <laughs> OperaOrlando.org. But that sounds wonderful. You have lots of things coming up for lots our community. Yeah. And we have one more segment when we get back. Thank you, listeners, for listening as we talk to our friends from Opera Orlando. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt from The Heart. Welcome back to From the Heart. We are here with a couple of our studio artists from Opera Lander. They're going to treat us with some Puccini. This is a portion of Quando Men Vo from Puccini's Immortal La Boheme. Quel canto
inte gör det idag. Nah. <laughs> wow! Wow! Oh my goodness, I'm looking at both of you. I'm like, how are they getting those sounds? It's just so beautiful. And just sitting down, just sitting down, yeah, too. Right, it with no warm up. Right? She didn't even stand up. Okay, tell us the difference standing up and sitting down, like physically. Why is it better to stand? Well, just posture wise, but um, you know, if you breathing. get the technique, you should be able to do it either way. Well, they sure have the technique. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> My goodness, that was wonderful, guys. That's wonderful, and I just loved looking at both of you too because you just made it seem so easy. I'm like, wow. <laughs> you know, this is what we do for a living. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> duh. That's true. That's true. That's your job to make it look easy. Oh, how wonderful. Well, and you have a whole cast of people with such talent amazing a lot of them local some that we bring in yes. um but yeah orlando's blessed to have so much local yeah. talent yeah yeah I probably because of those theme parks you think so well and also good school programs yes. here i think the high schools are very um competitive high quality for the arts i know west orange high school where i went yes. to um winter park high school boone high school i mean there's so mm-hmm. many that have very strong programs dr phillips dr. obviously phillips. the arts magnet yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i can't forget them i know michael scott was just in town doing aladdin mm-hmm. you know and he's he's just mm-hmm. taken off and he's a graduate of dr phillips high school i um, do agree so, that yeah. I, I think that the theme parks have brought in so many creative people and a lot of them are looking for things to do as an outlet for their other talents or their more in-depth talents yeah. so we don't have many opera singers at doing operas at the theme parks, but they can come and do it when they want to with all of you. Right. Um, how, and same with ballet and tap and everything else that they don't get to do out there. That's wonderful. Um, wow, that makes me proud. I'm definitely going to come. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, well, you don't have a choice. You're in the show, that's Mary. Right. Well, that's the other reason. <laughs> I'll be on the sides going, yeah, go. <laughs> I'll just be quiet. That's mm. wonderful. So what next? What is your vision for Opera Orlando down the road? What would you love to see it be able to do, not just in our community, but maybe the state, the world? Well, um, the next big step for us, obviously, is moving into the larger venue and getting a sense of how many performances we can do there and really what is the size of our audience. You know, we've been fortunate to sell out productions in the pew, but that's only 300 seats. Mm -hmm. and. We've added performances there. We did four performances of Marriage of Figaro, for instance. So it'd be interesting to see going from a 300-seat venue where we're doing four performances to a 1,500-seat venue where we're looking at maybe doing two performances. Mm-hmm. You know, what, where do we land and really where is our audience and are we able to pull in um, a larger audience outside of the Orlando area? Mm-hmm. You know, I think when there, there was another company that was uh, in Orlando for many years that people traveled to Orlando to, to see opera um, and I think now that we're going to have this amazing venue, there's potential for that again. So, What kind of outreach do you do in the community to schools? Or Yeah, so f- we talked about this a little bit at the beginning, but the, one of the, the main reasons we wanted to get our studio artist program up and going is we, we feel it's very important that kids get introduced to the arts at a young age and that we're able to supplement uh, what's already happening mm-hmm. in our schools. Um, not to replace, because there are already so many great things happening in our schools. We just want to supplement and make sure that opera is, is on the radar. You know, music theater is obviously still very popular, and pop music is, you know, it's pop music. Um, but everything has its roots mm-hmm. back to opera. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's important for, for our youth to understand that history. So our studio artists go out to high schools. They go out to middle schools. Uh, they do uh, what we call opera previews, where mm-hmm. they'll sing about 45 minutes of excerpts from the show and kind of walk the kids through the plot, the storyline. 
and then they invite the kids to come to an open rehearsal. So we've had uh, students come to the theater downtown. We'll continue to do that. We'll be able to do more of that with mm -hmm. Steinmetz, yeah, which yeah. is great. Have the kids come to Steinmetz Hall, which is very exciting. Um, and then I think the most beneficial thing, and, and Sean and Adriana can speak to this, is we then return and do a master class and allow the kids to sing for the studio artists. You know, these kids are preparing for solo and ensemble or preparing for their college auditions. And, and it's one thing for them to hear singers. It's another thing for them to get to share their talent yeah. or their aspiration. Yes, and uh, be encouraged. Of, and be encouraged, yeah. So we've gotten some wonderful feedback from that. Uh, Sean, have you been involved with some of the master classes? Or I know you've been in, in the schools. You want to share a little bit about that? You know, my, my experience so far has been mostly going to the schools and, like you said, you know, teaching them about the story, which to me is, is a big draw for the opera is to know the story because especially when we're singing another language, oh yeah, uh, you know, a lot of, especially when I was younger, if, if anything came in that was in another language I didn't understand, I would imagine like click off. But knowing what the story is beforehand and then, you know, you got to go past the words and just kind of watch the action. And, mm -hmm. and so I think that's a really important part. Uh, we did, um, um, uh, we, uh, I, I didn't get to do a master class in the school, but we did do a master class with the maestro of uh, Meredith That's Figaro. That's true, too. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I know that there were several young people there to kind of watch that. And mm -hmm. so it was uh, kind of watching the maestro work with some of the artists. And um, it, you can always take uh, information like that back into your own yeah, lessons. You're, you're never too old to have a master class. Absolutely right? not. Right. Yeah. Or you're never master enough to need to not need a master class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a good way to say it. Yeah. I remember once going to a school with um, one of Joshua's programs and a woman brought in a violin and when she first started to play, a young child in the class went, whoa, <laughs> and sat up and his eyes opened really big. He had never heard that sound. Yeah. It's like kindergartners and to think that that sound woke up something in him. He had never heard that sound before. And I remember I got kind of teary-eyed, like you can't, under, you can't overestimate uh, the effect of a sound like that, what that might produce in someone's choices down the road. Mm -hmm. That's pretty beautiful. Um, wow. Now I'm almost speechless. I keep thinking <laughs> of that child. That's <laughs> not good for a radio program. Well, it's <laughs> <laughs> Let's all reflect on what we've been talking about. Pregnant pause, pregnant pause. <laughs> Well, the reason why I asked about the schools is Mary, Dr. Mary Palmer, um, and I always bring up schools more than once, she keeps saying you have to start them young. She even believes that you need to start them while they're in the womb. She'll say, mm. have instruments, go to concerts, have instruments yeah. playing, have string yeah. instruments, have singing. Um, and she believes that makes a difference. And I love that she's that, and she's sincere. Well, I've seen that with my kids. I mean, they're just sponges. <laughs> You know, I mean, I feel like my daughter knows the entire soundtrack to Les Mis wow. better than I do. And, and Grayson, for some reason, loves Dear Evan Hansen, knows every single word. And I'm like, I don't even know half these words, uh, what they mean. Um, and she also, my daughter loves Ride of the Valkyries, you know, because wow. I just happened to be playing that in the car when she and was a little kid. how old are your children? Three and six. So okay, so babies. You have a child singing opera. I love this. Yeah, <laughs> I love this. Yeah, Grayson Valkyries. calls it the bowl song when I play Toreador in the car. He, he loves that too. I and love that. Yeah, so they they just pick up everything, and there there's so many studies that have been shown. But I, I think really what what is special about music is it's our legacy. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's it's kind of like communication on steroids. 
you know, it's the language of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, music can be the universal language. It can break down boundaries. We saw it with the Christmas truce of World War One. Yes. You know, mu- music has a power. Mm-hmm. And it describes a, cultures. Right, right. It, it has this divine power. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it'd be a shame for it not to be part of our kids' lives. For listeners out there who don't play music regularly in their home, um, what might be a gift if they started playing a song? Here's a favorite song of mine, and each took a one song a week to share with the family and tell them why or something. How can they put music into their life and what might they get out of that? I think I would say, you know, rather than necessarily, this is a great opera aria, it's going to open your eyes to opera. I would encourage the listeners to go into uh, YouTube or any kind of wherever your media is to find music. Listen to something that you've never listened to before. Mm. And if you don't like it, move on to something else. Yeah. But you are invariably will find something. And I kind of go through times in my life where I will kind of latch on to one group or one style of music. or st- I also sing in a barbershop quartet. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think it's really great to be able to listen to lots of different kinds of music, world music mm-hmm. and yeah. different. And, 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 you know, you will surprise yourself. There are things out there that you will enjoy without you just kind of open open up your mind a little bit to different things yeah, yeah. absolutely it's a great point because so many people have stereotypes mm-hmm. of what opera is yes. you exactly. know the, till yeah. the fat lady sings you know that that Stuffy. phrase does exist and they think it's all wagner it's all long it's on a, in a foreign language but there there's over 400 years of different operas out there there's so many different styles and types and even opera singers do it to ourselves you know i'm not a big fan of handle mm-hmm. right but all of a sudden I'll be like, oh, you know, I want to, I want to hear this singer. I want to try this out. I'm like, wow, I, I really like that handle aria, mm-hmm. you know, and I never, th- I've never heard of it before. So you just got to keep an open mind or you might think, oh, I don't like rap music. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, now Hamilton's come along mm-hmm. and all of a sudden people are like, oh, maybe it's not that bad, yeah. you know, so just try and keep an open mind about what's out there. When I was around seven, the first New York production my parents ever took us to was, um, uh, Gilbert and Sullivan, uh, FMA. HMS Pinafore. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> HS, I'm paying bills lately. Most likely HMS, HMS Pinafore or H- Pirates of Penzance. No, it was right. FH, because I'm, I'm, I've been paying bills lately to my, <laughs> my student loan. Uh, yes, that was it. And I remember sitting on the edge of my seat because before every show we'd go see, and including that one, we'd have to listen to the album. And but I loved Poor Little Buttercup. I thought Poor Little Cup, Buttercup song was so cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and then we'd, be, we'd always go to my Aunt Loretta's. She lived up in Harlem, and we'd have to sing one song from whatever musical we were about to go see. Uh, and then she'd give us money, and then we'd go to the theater. That was, you know, she could put a dollar in her hand. But I, I love the that. fact that my mom made it important that at least three or four times a year we'd go see something on Broadway or off-Broadway. But the first right. one was Pirates of... HMS Pinafore. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. she introduced you to something new. I mm-hmm. mean, that, like Sean's saying, it's just so beneficial to keep an open mind because mm-hmm. you never know what might move you, what might touch you. Yeah. And, and yeah. So that, what's wonderful out here in Central Florida, we have so many theaters with all different types of music and all different types of storytellers through the playwrights that we show that there's no reason why any family or any couple can't find something to go to that will stretch them or that will comfort them, or at least entertain them. Yeah, there's no dearth of opportunity here in Orlando. No dearth. <laughs> so many different uh, companies, different types of experiences, and and that's part of what we try and offer too, so that people that might have that, oh, opera's too stuffy, 
well, not if it's going to be outdoors at Lake Yola and it's a bunch of kids singing about the future or, you know, or, or yes. at the Cheyenne Saloon about yes. a cowboy opera. I mean, there are different ways to experience these art forms yes. that really are for everybody. I hope that you continue to find unusual spots to bring your work and we'll always promote it here on From the Heart. Of course. I can't thank you three <laughs> for being here enough today. I wish Joshua were here, but Joshua, we hope we did you proud. I um, hear it might be his birthday yeah. soon. Yes, and what if we sang him a song, or especially you three? I think, <laughs> friends, as we, as we leave our show today, we will be doing that by having you hear three magnificent voices singing Joshua, a happy birthday to you, our friend. And I think we should do it in Italian, don't you think, Mary? Just to be... True to opera. I was going to challenge you with that. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. You will do that in Italian. <laughs> and Joshua. Tanti auguri. Tanti auguri a te. Right. Uh, and I'll say goodbye and thank you for listening right now on Magic 107.7 FM from the heart. But right now, Joshua, happy birthday. Tanti auguri a te. Tanti auguri a te. Tanti auguri, caro Joshua. Tanti auguri.